Hello and welcome to the London Scots podcast, where we talk to Scots who have made it to the big smoke. It's about where they came from, why they're in London, and what their life is like. Today we're joined by Blanche Anderson. Blanche, where do you come from and how did you end up in London? <laughs> um, I'm from Kirkcaldy in Fife and um, I ended up in London about seven years ago because uh, I moved here for my career, which is actress, filmmaker and voiceover. Well, you certainly moved to the right place then. I guess there was probably limited opportunities to do that in Kirkcaldy, was there? <laughs> That's what, I don't know. I think it was more just the after drama school, everyone else was doing it, so I thought I would do it too. But um, sadly, I had to pay my dues working in a in a pub in Kirkcaldy for a year to earn enough money before I could well afford to move down. So you know, <laughs> that was seven years ago. So can you remember back when you first came down? And had you been down to London much before? I've got family in Buckinghamshire, which is kind of, you know, one of the home counties. So I had been down with like, you know, my aunt and uncle and my parents and stuff a little bit before. But and I did um, for drama school, you do your like show end of year showcases and stuff. So I'd been a little bit, but I never fully experienced what it was. And I decided to move just after the Olympics. So it was a nice atmosphere, but yeah, I hadn't, I didn't know what was in store, I put it that way. <laughs> so, I'm Looking at seven years, you've now got your feet well and truly under the carpet of London, and what's it like? Yeah, well, I'm obviously enjoying it that I've not moved back up, even with the, uh, yeah, the expense that it is down here, but um, yeah, I love it, really love it. So I spent the first five years in Walthamstow at the end of the Victoria Line. And then the last two years, I moved a couple of stops more central to Seven Sisters and Tottenham sort of area. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just in love with it. But I just, I definitely love the north. And so I'm still, you know, keeping north of London, not too far south. <laughs> not too far from King's Cross for the train back north. Exactly. And I get that in... Sadly, I have to get that uh, night bus as well, which is in the, Victor uh, the Victoria line too, because it's Victoria Station. So I do that quite a lot too for last minute jobs. Oh, mega bus, is it? Yep, eleven pounds then for one lane. So you know, for last minute last minute jobs, you gotta you gotta do it, don't you? <laughs> wow, you do indeed. That's uh, that's a great price. <laughs> eleven. Well, what sort of things do you got to in London then? I'm, and I was reading. Sorry, I was reading just uh, earlier on tonight on the Guardian website. They were interviewing the cast of The West Wing, oh, yeah. where uh, an Alison Janey was saying that she was just about to go, oh no, Stockard Channing was saying she was just about to go hiking in Canada when she got the call for the part. So she had to get on a plane, uh, get down to Los Angeles and arrived in all her hiking gear and boots and 30 <laughs> odd degrees or so. And um, uh, But I mean, she just had to drop everything and go. Is it, is it very much like that in your world? Do you have to in London and do you have to just get on to that get on the tube perhaps and, and get to that rehearsal or that calling oh yeah a hundred percent I think it's the famous thing of whenever you book a holiday um you know the best job ever comes in so yeah definitely so um nowadays I do like I, I trained in acting but I 
um, basically a full-time voiceover. So yeah, you know, jobs are always last minute and um, the big ones are in, you know, the studio. So you, you need to have, you know, flexibility in your day, that's for sure. So a few weeks ago, I was supposed to be going to Malta. Well, I, I was going to Malta um, on holiday and suddenly the I got penciled for the biggest job. So obviously I was prepared to give up the holiday for that job. So that, that sort of thing happens a lot. But I would say in terms of like London and the effect, I'm, I think it's good to be down here because I already get the Scottish work being Scottish. So it's kind of like an extra, um, I don't know if it's a niche or if it's an extra kind of thing that could appeal, you know, to clients. And obviously down here is where the bigger budget jobs are. So drop everything at hat for those big TV commercials because that's what everyone wants. <laughs> so, yeah. When you're do- out of interest, when you're doing the, I was looking at your website and, and listening to your reel and Gosh, I, now I know how to put the, the face to the, the voice <laughs> off when I hear those nice intros on uh, on Radio yeah. Scotland. But when you're doing things for Radio Scotland, do you, do you presumably you can do them in London, can you, or do you have to be there in situ? It's a bit of both, really. So, um, so BBC Scotland in general, a little bit different. So usually I do jobs through ISDN, you know, the, the phone line you can record live. And for yeah. um, BBC Scotland, they, I don't know, they've got they've got different systems. So whenever I'm doing the TV stuff for BBC Scotland, I kind of just incorporate it into like a little trip when I'm going home and things like that. And mm. you know, whenever I'm going back home, which is quite often, I you know drop them a line and I and then I go in. But for the radio stuff, it's kind of a mix. They like so when I was in last uh, up there doing some TV stuff, they said, "Oh, come in," and then I ended up recording loads of radio ads for like next year. You know, for the the six notions and stuff for next year and things obviously there's only some things you can do but you also cover your back by doing loads of different versions so I do that sometimes but then sometimes I just record it down here because I've got I've got my own studio and I've got a studio in the center of London that I rent you know on a case by case like you know a script by script basis too so yeah it's quite flexible sure maybe you'll have to give us some tips about how to create this office into more of a studio so we can get a little bit I think that's how every voiceover starts, going in a cupboard. (laughs) But I've progressed now, finally. (laughs) And do you get to meet many other people in in it? Is it just you and a producer and uh, a box somewhere or a studio somewhere? Or or do you get to meet? It completely depends on the budget of the project. Um, You know, so I've actually got one to do tonight because I'm going on holiday tomorrow. Woohoo! And obviously I got offered a job for next week that I you know, turned down, of course, <laughs> to try and get a little hold of Anyway, so I've got um, one to do tonight, so I'll just do that independently. But then sometimes if it's radio ads, they want to just, you know, direct you, so you do that quickly. But they're always on the other end of the line. But then for the bigger budget ones, like I had um, a Sky TV one last week for Buchan Ireland, I went in and it was a very plush, like, studio, and you get to meet the creative agency and, you know, those people. But then in terms of voiceovers, there's a few different events and award ceremonies each year that you do get to actually put that face to the names. And there's like a little community there of voiceovers, which is quite nice. And you've been away now for seven years. Have you got the seven year itch or have you seen Scotland change much over those uh, over those years? Well, 
a couple of days ago, I was doing this big virtual reality like voiceover for a new house in development. And my goodness, it was just really making me want to buy a property. And I would say that that was the the slight issue with living in London is, you know, obviously um, property prices are pretty expensive. And as a freelancer as well, you know, um, difficult to get a mortgage, blah, blah. So I think the the main draw of moving back to Scotland is just being able to own my own flat and, you know, have have a bigger studio in there and stuff like that. But in terms of lifestyle, no, I'm I'm not there yet. <laughs> I think I've just built a community and loads of friends here and stuff. And I love that you can just, I don't know, there's just so much to do. And there's a certain energy about London, isn't there? So, yeah, not, not yet. Okay. And uh, looking back over those seven years, I mean, they've been fairly big years for uh, both Scotland and, and Britain overall. Do you notice any changes in Scotland over those times since you've been away? It's difficult because there's certain things that you are oblivious to living in London, or like personally, I think so. So, for example, in terms of like the referendum, uh, you know, both of them, so the Brexit and in terms of, uh, you know, indie ref as well, you only hear the southern slant on things. So when I go home and, you know, say I speak to my brother or something that is still up there, there's like, you don't realise how much, like in terms of independence and things, there's still a huge conversation happening. Whereas down here, you don't realise, you think it's kind of, well, I do, as in like, as in, uh, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I think it's kind of like you're not exposed to, like you just have lack of knowledge. So I think there are changes, but I'm almost, I guess, oblivious to it because of we get London press, we don't get Scottish press. So, yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> and when you're going out and, and, and not doing voiceovers, what do you get up to? Oh, gosh, that is a difficult one because I would say that most of my life revolves around voiceovers and filmmaking. So I just, I've had a couple of like commissions and conversations that are well, confidential just now, but um, with production companies about doing some of my short comedy films and stuff like that. So I spend a lot of time doing that. But apart from that, I think, well, I'm really into yoga at the moment. I love, you know, dancing with friends and stuff and nights out and things, dinners, theatre, obviously. Yeah, mainly seeing friends, to be honest. Um, not, not very exciting. But yeah, I like that everything's on your doorstep and I'm lucky to live next to parks and things. So that's, you know, still quite nice. <laughs> Oh, that is nice to some green spaces. And London's great for that yeah. if you if you are near a park or there there are so many wonderful spaces. Yeah, but tell us about the short films that you make. What's the idea behind them? There's different ones. I've got so the one that um I've done loads and loads of different films, like um, you know, lots of different short films of different genres, you know, documentaries to sci-fi's and things like that, and you know, some have screened at different film festivals and things. The more recent ones have all been comedy and mockumentary style. So I've got um, an eight-part mockumentary web se- uh, series called With Cressida. So that's on YouTube. And it's about aristocrat who's been banished from the family wealth, you know, and it kind of like follows her absurd life. And the one I'm about to release next month is called Stacy, My Big Fat Award, <laughs> which is about another comedy character and she is um a slimming you know like a slimming group advisor and she's just been nominated for some uh, awards so again that's a mockumentary so 
the ones that are in development with the production companies, they're kind of, you know, confidential at the moment. But I do like, obviously I write for myself. So they're always female, strong characters. <laughs> and again, just sort of referencing the, the Guardian article, and they were saying the, the, there were some strong female characters, but the cast was largely white. And the, um, it's one of the organizations in America that was saying, well, look, you know, everybody in here just generally is white. And, and then they, they cast the, um, the assistant to, um, to the president. Yeah, uh, who is a fantastic tap dancer? Apparently, I read in the article as well. But do you find that there, there, the, the world in which you inhibit is it is it largely male or is it is it largely white or or does it gen, is it generally quite ethnically diverse or ethnically representative? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I mean, I guess if like in terms of living in Scotland, Scotland, um, you know, in Kirkcaldy especially I guess my circle is more like you know well vastly well predominantly white whereas obviously down here it's it's not like that and I I I don't know I think it's a good mix you know I've not even thought about it which I guess is a good sign when I go back to Scotland though I do realize that everyone is white and I'm like oh this is a bit odd and so I definitely think there's a difference in terms of that capacity but you know yeah I'd say it's pretty good mix actually voiceovers you know obviously we've all got our niches mine's scottish so i I guess it's always an eclectic mix of people and is it true that the scottish voice is more trusted i read somewhere banks like to have um not just the scottish banks but banks in general or financial institutions in general i'm laughing just because of what's happened to financial institutions and there, but uh but they used to like to have a, a scottish voice because they believed that was more trustworthy yeah, a lot of people have told me this. I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think the main, like the, you know, in scripts, you get to see what sort of direction they give you a voice. So I think for me personally, I always get happy, upbeat, you know, warm and, you know, husky, sort of like young sort of voice. So that's why, that's what I get anyway. So it never says trusted in my, or trustworthy in my scripts anyway. But uh, I do, I do a lot of, weddings at the moment oh, right. <laughs> that's, that's my thing and I've done a lot of RBS ones so I guess maybe in terms of banks and trusted I must be somewhere so <laughs> very good well that's great well we come to the joker app time now uh, Black. so you have to tell us a joke or tell us about an app that you kind of find indispensable or both if you like okay I'm gonna go for the joke because I don't know, it popped into my head. My mum once won a competition. I think it was in Radio Scotland or something. She, she's not that sort of person to phone in, but she decided to, and she won a prize for this joke. It's pretty bad, so here it goes. Why did the jelly baby go to school? Ooh. Yeah. Why did the jelly baby go to school? Because it wanted to be a smarty. Oh, Oh, that's awful. And also, it's very, like, age, you know, dependent as well, because I don't even know if Smarties exist these days. But anyway, at the time, it won an award. Oh, <laughs> babies exist, but anyway, I'm sure they will somewhere. Yeah. That's great. Very good. Well, we like that. Second, second person in a row that's told us an award-winning joke. The uh, last person we had on had also won a prize on the radio for telling their jokes. So, um, oh, nice. There you go. Amazing. It wasn't me, sadly. Just my mum. 
<laughs> Blanche, it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much for giving up some of your um, Friday night for us. And good yeah, thank you. Squeezing in the, uh, we feel honoured that you've given us the time and um, your voiceover that's coming up. And have a fantastic holiday. Yay! Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime you want to come down to the Cayley Club, just drop me a note, okay? Well, thank you. Thanks very much, Blanche. Thank you. Here's now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the London Scots podcast. The wonderful music was provided by License to Cayley, and if you're looking for a great night out in London, then head along to the Cayley Club. Thank you, and lang may your lumbery.